Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft, football writer, blogger and podcast host for you today. Hi, I'm James Vickers. You can find me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, where I mainly tweet about Preston North End and a lot of German football. Great to have you with us again, James, as ever. Um, obviously, straight away, we're going to go into results roundup, as we always do on this show. Um, and if you'd be so kind, James, would you like to take us through the results from the weekend, starting with Friday night? Yeah, certainly. So as you mentioned, Friday night, West Brom left it late to beat Sheffield United 2-1 and then sort of a top-of-the-table clash that we covered last week. Moving on to Saturday, Aston Villa and Stoke and Blackburn and Birmingham both drew to all. Leeds won 1-0 away at Bolton. Hull beat Brentford, who were really sort of struggling now, 2-0. Ipswich picked up a much-needed win 1-0 at home to Wigan. Preston just scraped past Millwall 3-2. QPR beat Middlesbrough 2-1. Rotherham and Reading was 1-0. Swansea City was 2-1 against Sheffield Wednesday. And finally, Bristol City and Norwich drew 2-0 in the late game. Yeah, thank you for that, James. Um, As ever, we're going to obviously talk about biggest wins or surprises of the week. I've got three listed, but we'll come to you, obviously, James, to see what you want to discuss first. What's your biggest win or surprise this weekend? I'll start with surprise. I think the one that really stuck out for me was the the Ipswich result. Obviously, struggling down at the foot of the table, and they were starting to get cut adrift before the weekend. So, you know, to, to pick up a win against a Wigan team who've been... Uh, I'd say a bit more hit than miss this season, but they are sort of finding their level now. You know, they started fantastically well, Wigan, but they have been sort of penned back recently. Uh, find themselves in 16th now after the, the defeat to Ipswich at the weekend. But with the other results that sort of went Ipswich's way at the weekend, you know, it was a massive opportunity for them. And they got the goal halfway through the second half. Freddie Sears, you know, seems to be one of the players who's got that experience for them if they are to get out of this situation and you know they now find themselves I think it's five points adrift at the uh, sort of to get out of the relegation zone at the bottom and sort of looking at the table you know Bolton, Millwall both lost this weekend so massive win for them and one that I didn't see coming to be honest I know sort of recently they've not been playing too badly um, but, you know, you see a Wigan team who on their day can beat sort of most teams in this league so that would be the, the the game that really stood out as the surprise for me. The sort of other result, and I'm sure you'll have it as well, is the QPR Middlesbrough game. Mm-hmm. Uh, QPR, they've had a decent sort of run over the last month or two, picking up a few points. I thought they'd be sort of down near the bottom sort of come this time, considering I saw them playing the opening day of the season away at Preston and, you know, really struggled. So to meet Middlesbrough, who have over the last couple of weeks, you know, fallen off a little bit you know it's still a fantastic win and 
to get pinned back to make it one all. I think Savile scored the goal to to respond. You know, five or six minutes later to get back in front. Fantastic for them. And you know what was sort of a, a tricky start to the season for them coming into the Christmas period. Now is they're starting to put a run together and find themselves only five points off the playoffs. So you know if they can keep picking up wins against you know the likes of Middlesbrough, who knows where that can take them. But yeah, they're my two standout wins from the weekend. Yeah, I've got to agree. You've took two off my list there. So firstly, Ipswich, obviously a huge win. They would have been, you know, seven points down and out from 23rd, having, you know, not won that game. And actually, you know, Ipswich are now the only team in the bottom six uh, what have a win in the form table, believe it or not. So yes, that was a, a huge, huge lifeline, if any, even though they've got Hell of a long way still to go to get out of the relegation zone. Again, agree agree with uh, the QPR victory over Middlesbrough. That came as a surprise for me. I know QPR on a decent run of form of late and they've picked up from the beginning of the season. But I always obviously uh, believe that Borough are a very difficult team to beat, which they did so. And then the other big win for me, the final and third one on my list is obviously the Friday night game. Uh, big win for West Brom. I know myself and Jake predicted a 2-1 victory for West Brom, which uh, we you know, got that correct in, in this fixture. Uh, but yeah, for them to actually go there and do it and you know cement themselves in third spot now, they're obviously still in touch with uh, Leeds and Norwich there. And, you know, bit of a blow for Sheffield United, but still firmly in the playoffs. It's obviously a game... Like I said on last week's show, Sheffield United don't lose too often at home, but for West Brom to go there and and the amount of goals that they do score and they grab that winner through Gibbs, uh, especially from coming behind, um, huge credit to them. Uh, But if we move on to players in particular, James, are there any standout players from the weekend that you'd like to mention? Obviously, again, I've got a a couple written down. Uh, Anyone what took your fancy? Yeah, I think I'll start with Preston first, and he's someone that I've you know banged on about a lot on this podcast, and uh, it's going to be Alan Brown again for us. You know, recently we've had a whole host of attackers out injured, and Alan Brown has really sort of picked up the the burden, if you like, of sort of driving from midfield and, and chipping in with you know important goals. He opened the scoring on Saturday, and looking at his stats compared to Bradley Dak, I think he's on the same number of goals, but an assist less and you know the the amount of hype that's around Bradley Dak for example in the league at the moment and Alan Brown seems to be going really under the radar so Alan Brown definitely for me uh, as as one of the standout players uh, definitely of the weekend the sort of second player I'd pick and I go back to Friday night it'd be Gareth Barry from West Brom sort of watching the game I thought it was absolutely fantastic for them you know the kind of player who doesn't get the credit he deserves. I liken him sort of to, uh, you know, a bit of a James Milner. He's always been consistent throughout his career and really seems to be thriving in that West Brom team. So to get the equaliser just before half time for them, you know, really stood them in good stead going into the second half. Um, and then the the third player for me, we'll stick with West Brom again. And, you know, he's been fantastic all season. It'd be Harvey Barnes. Mm-hmm. Someone sort of so young to come into that West Brom team. I think he's got eight goals now and sort of similar amount of assists this season in the league. Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, if he can continue playing the way he is, you know, partnered with the likes of, of um, Dwight Gale, Jay Rodriguez up front for them, I think West Brom coming into the second half of the season are going to be that team that can really 
sort of challenged Norwich and Leeds. I know we sort of spoke in depth about it last week, whether Leeds and Norwich had, you know, stay in the top two for the remainder of the season. But I think Norwich are the best sort of place team to to challenge them to really. And I think Harvey Barnes again, you know, two assists in a top of the table clash just speaks volumes for the quality he has. And, you know, he's a a massive sort of part of that West Brom team now for someone so young. And, you know, each week I see him, he seems to get better and better. So yeah, two West Brom players for me. Uh, and then selfishly, I've chose our Alan Brown for Preston because of, of how well he did again on Saturday. Yeah, that makes lots of sense um, because I've got Harvey Barnes as well. I'm not going to obviously dwell on it because you've touched on a lot Bar- Barnes and West Brom there. But with his a two, a two assists, yes, yeah, certainly one of the players of the weekend. Uh, the next one, which I'll mention because I always struggle to pronounce his name, but Powell Wizolek at QPR with one goal and an assist. And obviously that contributed to uh, QPR's victory against Middlesbrough there, which obviously I said was one of the surprise wins of the weekend for me. So he certainly stood out. I can't look past either uh, who bagged a brace this weekend, which was Fraser Campbell. Um, And obviously not only did he manage to score two goals, again, Hull City don't often find themselves winning too many games in this division because they're often at the foot of the table in the last few years. Uh, but to keep a clean sheet and obviously, again, his contribution with the brace, um, for me, him and Barnes are probably the two standout players f- from the weekend for me. But another player that I'd like to mention quickly, and it wasn't his overall contribution contribution alone this weekend he's been very consistent now for about three or four weeks and he's grabbed another assist and that's Pablo Hernandez at Leeds obviously grabbing the assist for Bamford which kept them on a fine run of form uh, obviously top of the league now as well uh, overtaking Norwich with that victory uh, but yeah um, Hernandez for me again another assist you know seven eight rating out of ten on the day for him as he has done for the last three weeks or so so I thought I'd mention his name also uh, but moving into the topics proper now James obviously we don't touch on too often like the, the, the middle ground with it within the league table we often touch about the top six and, and the relegation fight etc so what one thing I wanted to discuss there's there's only six points separating seventh now which is Nottingham Forest to 15th which is Preston North End which is obviously your club all these teams and and I'll name them from Forest, Aston Villa, Swansea, Birmingham, Stoke, Blackburn, QPR, Bristol City and Preston like I say six six points separate those teams are they this season all as good as each other what what are your thoughts on that? I think in terms of the way they're playing at the moment I think you know you look at the likes of Stoke who are really starting to find their feet now in the league obviously out of that group of team that you mentioned, I think uh, I wouldn't find many people who'd argue against them having one of the, I'd say the top two or three squads in in that pack that you mentioned. Obviously, Aston Villa, fantastic squad, Nottingham Forest as well. But I think Stoke, you know, in particular, really stand out for me there. We we spoke a few weeks ago how they were, you know, in desperate need of, of putting a run together now. It was getting too far into the season for them to, you know, just be having a little blip so for them to turn it around I think sort of on their day I'd go with them and Aston Villa sort of as the two in that pack I think are quality wise a bit better than the rest I think in terms of looking at the form table though and what's really surprised me recently uh, you know 
we started to climb back up. Preston, fourth in the form table. I think there's only in the top six in the form table leads who've conceded less goals than us. And for a team that was really struggling at the start of the season, you know, defensively, we were scoring goals. I think at one point we were second or third for goals scored in the league after about 10, 11 games. It was that defensive issue for us. And to turn that around now, and, you know, you only have to look back on last season and the season before where we were challenging for the playoffs, you know, just how good we are as sort of a side and quite underrated at times. I know when we, we get sort of draws against the likes of, of you know, your Swansea's, your, your Birmingham cities, for example, a lot of their fans, you know, criticise saying, you know, we should be beating teams like Preston, for example. And I think over the last few years, we've really sort of stood out as that team that are difficult to beat and can pick up points when we're not playing well. So, I think in terms of going back to the original question, is that group of teams, you know, as good as each other? I think there are teams in particular that stand out. Obviously, I said Stoke, Aston Villa, Forest. But I think the likes of, you know, Preston, Bristol City, for example, Birmingham City, QPR, you know, stand out as, as those teams that rather than having one or two sort of individual players, or you know, they are what, you know, you say a team and sort of over the last few weeks you know you look at Birmingham have picked up you know plenty of points when everyone mm. thought they were sort of in for a difficult season QPR again I touched on them earlier people thought they were in for a difficult season but you know they're picking up points and I think this season compared to sort of most in the championship I think it is going to be a lot tighter obviously you know, there's that sort of old saying that it is the sort of most competitive league in, in I'd say, probably Europe, the championship. You know, you look at the yeah. likes of the Premier League where obviously the quality is better, but it is that same sort of three or four teams each year that, that are winning it. Whereas the championship, as you mentioned, you know, Preston down in 15th, up to, to Forest in 7th. You know, we went to Forest the other week and, and got a win. And that sort of group of teams, you look at them and... <laughs> Sort of as a betting man, if I saw any of them playing each other at the moment, I'd, I'd stay clear. So I think definitely, especially coming into Christmas now, that middle pack will chop and change a lot. And Jake was mentioning last week about how you know certain teams have on paper an easier run. So I think definitely that that chasing pack on the playoffs will will switch you know a hell of a lot over the next few weeks. And I think that's testament to, to you know how good the division is as a whole from. You know, your likes of Norwich's and Leeds up at the top, right down to, you know, even you look sort of beneath that pack who, you know, aren't a million miles away. There's only sort of three or four points down from Preston. You know, Brentford were up there at the start of the season and look yeah. how they've fallen. And I still think with the likes of Morpay, for example, you know, they have the potential to, to put a run together and get back up. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday, some of the players, you know, you have, I'd, I'd kill for at Preston. So, you know... We, we're sort of talking about that pack, but I think it goes even further down. Obviously, they're not sort of there in terms of points at the moment, but I think definitely, you know, the division as a whole, you could make a case for, I'd say, about 17, 18 teams to be sort of in and around the playoffs. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you've said there. For me, one thing, you look at all those teams and it's it's been about consistency throughout the season. So you only have to look at, Aston Villa now, Stoke and Preston and all those three teams have currently on form that, you know, teams at the top are. And it's interesting that you can look at such as Nottingham Forest who are in seventh and they've only lost three games all season, such as Leeds who are at the top. And then you can, again, 
in a similar scenario, take Birmingham, Stoke and Blackburn, all lost five games, same as West Brom, who were third. So in that regard, it is obviously draws that are letting them down because those three teams that I've mentioned there have all drawn 10 games. But yeah, when you look at the teams and, and break them down, it can be an element of luck, obviously, where in the table and it will all change. Obviously, we're, we're only one game from the halfway stage now. Um, but then, yes, you can talk about individual stars. I still think from 7th to 15th that Aston Villa are for me the one that are going to just finish in the playoffs, whether that's 5th or 6th. Um, but then, you, you know, you can you can group them as a whole and you only have to look at, like we say, Preston, who I still think... Are, I don't know whether they're going to actually get in the playoffs like Jake predicted, but I still think that they're going to rise up in the table throughout the course of the season. And even Bristol City, like, you know, some some are saying that they are struggling in, in regards to the seasons that they've had in the past, but that's because they've been exceptional over the last couple of seasons. And, and you only have to go to last season when they had a great cup run and only just missed out on the playoffs, really. And then, you know, your, your teams that have come down, such as, Stoke City, I, again, I only expect them to get stronger as well. So on the day, yes, as we talk about, any team can beat any team in this division. But from 7th to 15th, I, I really think that there isn't much between them. It's just a team needs to, like I say, find a bit of consistency over the course of a couple of months. And that's what takes them out of the pack to 5th and 6th, if you like. Uh, but yeah, it is an interesting topic to discuss. Uh, but the other thing that we wanted to talk about, James, um, which we mentioned, are there any teams in the league you feel are currently overachieving? Um, and that could be regards to their league position or whether they came, obviously, down from the Premier League, up from League One. What are your thoughts on that topic? I think sort of looking at the table, sort of a, sort of first and foremost, I think, you know, you look down and especially in that top six, you look at the likes of, of your Leeds, your West Broms, your Derby Counties, Middlesbrough. And the one that sticks out for me is Sheffield United. Obviously, it's no surprise that they are doing so well. You know, they've got a great manager who's passionate about the club. And, you know, the season that they had last year, I thought they'd be there or thereabouts again. But, you know, that's not to say that they're not overachieving. You know, you look at the money that they've spent and it's not really sort of anything comparable to the teams that are sort of challenging them at the top of the table at the moment. I think Wilder's done a fantastic job there with with the resources he has. You know, you mentioned earlier, Bramall Lane, they've turned that into an absolute fortress in the league. And especially as a Preston fan, that is one of the places when the fixtures come out that I think, you know, can we get it out of the way early rather than it coming, you know, at a crunch period of the season? Because it is one of the places that I don't, you know, enjoy going in the slightest. So I think in terms of top sort of, Seven eight at the moment, definitely Sheffield United. You know they've got some fantastic players there. You know your likes of Paul Coots coming back from injury now. Obviously Billy Sharp, absolute legend around the club. And you look at their midfield, especially the midfield that played against West Brom compared to West Brom's midfield. You know West Brom, Livermore, Barry, Harvey Barnes, Phillips, and then you look at Sheffield United's, and it's not a knock on them players, but you know people like Norwood and Fleck. Yeah. aren't on the same calibre as those players. So for, for Wilder to be getting what he is out of that team at the moment, you know, speaks volumes of, of him as a manager and, and the players as well that they've brought into that philosophy and are willing to, you know, run themselves into the ground almost for sort of the manager in the club. So in terms of that top pack, Sheffield United definitely for me. 
sort of scrolling down the table and and sort of seeing the rest of the table, you know, I think at the moment everyone really is where I expected them to be. The only one potentially that stands out for me in sort of that that middle portion that we touched on earlier is Birmingham City. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that I expected them to struggle this season. Started off, you know, quite badly. They weren't winning games, you know, so many draws. And we say it time and time again on this this show that, you know, you'd rather win a game and then lose one rather than draw two on the bounce. And, you know, you're worse off than you would after after winning and losing one. So yeah. them at the start of the season, you know, struggled to, to score goals, really. And I, I don't know what changed. It seemed to, to change overnight. Jukovic and, and Che Adams just started banging in the goals for fun. And, you know, if they can keep scoring, you know, at the rate they are doing, I think they're both into double figures now. Uh, in terms of league goals or, or you know, not far off. I think they're going to have a fantastic sort of middle portion of the season. It's whatever they can, you know, keep those two fit and, and sort of fight off any interest in January. Because I'd imagine, you know, other teams around the league that are, are struggling to put the ball in the net will be looking at them too as sort of cheaper alternatives if they can't go out and, you know, spend big money. So in terms of teams that are overachieving, to go back to your original question, I think Sheffield United in terms of where they are in the league at the moment, and then Birmingham City as well. Birmingham, I'd imagine their fans will say, you know, they're having an all right season, but as sort of a neutral in in that sense, seeing how well they are doing at the moment compared to where I thought they would be at the season, definitely in my opinion, they're, they're overachieving. Yeah, I can certainly see why you've said both of those teams, but I'm going to mix things up a little. And one thing I certainly did think about was mentioning Sheffield United as you did. Uh, but I've decided to leave it out of my list of three because I thought to myself, well, although like you talk about the infrastructure, the value of the players and Wilders getting the best out of the team, maybe it shouldn't come as a surprise anymore that they are where they are in the table because obviously they've been consistently there for, you know, well, last season and this season, and they're continuing to do it. I know they dropped off at the end of last season, as people are still expecting them to do so. Whether they do or not, that's another thing. However, them being, you know, like I say, in the top six probably shouldn't come as a surprise. So what I'm going to do is keep it plain and simple and basically say the teams that are under uh, that are overachieving for me are basically all the three teams what got promoted. Uh, so for me, that would be uh, Rotherham, Wigan and Blackburn. It's It's always easy to say, you know, the teams that do come up are going to struggle and potentially go straight back down. Um, and for me, Rotherham were going to be that team. And I know we talk about Rotherham a lot because they, you know, Warren's certainly getting the best out of his out of his players there, whether they finish 21st this season or not. You know, if, if, if they don't go down, then it's been a success. So for me, Rotherham overachieving only just because obviously they're only three points above the playoff spot. But that's, you know, at Christmas where we're at now pretty much is a great you know place to be for them it's a stepping stone and, and if they can take obviously the form and the consistency whether that's a lot of draws but into next season and, and, and avoid defeat then I think that like I say they're they're certainly overachieving at the minute for the for the players on paper that they have got and then again Wigan I know Wigan have slipped off a little bit recently so it, it might come across as you know a bit contradictive however at the beginning of the season, they were flying, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth at one stage. Um, like I say, they have gone back down the table. But, you know, again, with the players that they've got on paper, um, particularly at home, you know, get some great results, sneak the odd odd win here and there. I know they've lost the last two games in a row now, but finding themselves 16th at the minute, I think, you know, 
you've got to congratulate Wigan for where they are at this stage of the season. And then Blackburn, that you know, the, 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 not necessarily the biggest overachievers for me because, you know, Moby's again getting the best out of his team and to find themselves not only 12th, but only five points off Middlesbrough in six. If someone had said that to me at the beginning of the season, um, I obviously, like I say, I was, uh, quite often I tipped Middlesbrough for promotion. So Blackburn finding themselves just off the playoff spots, really. Um, yeah, done fantastically well. And and whether that's, you know, the DAC contribution, you know, we, we're going to talk about transfer predictions in, in a moment. But, you know, DAC's obviously contributed a lot there at Blackburn. And, and whether, you know, without them, w- would they be where they are? And, you know, m- maybe they would be because I think Mowbray's doing a fantastic job. And it's obviously always better to have decent players in your squad. But, you know, time will tell with that one. But for me, Blackburn are doing fantastically well. But, yeah, like I say, keeping it simple, all the teams that came up are overachieving for me. The only other one what I could mention, I think, is probably QPR. I expected them to be near the bottom this season and they were so, were so for a long while, obviously. Um, but they seem to have obviously um, pushed themselves out of, out of the relegation fight for the time being. And, and again, only five points off the playoffs there. So McLaren's done a decent job in the last... Um, well, last quarter of the season, let's say. So, yes, those those three or four for me are the ones what stood out as as, as overachievers, but all doing very well in in regards to this and respects to their positions. Uh, but yeah, I, I mentioned back there, James, about obviously, you know, it's it's nearly Christmas, and when it gets to obviously January, we, we talk about players incoming, outgoing. There's loads of speculation, and the speculations obviously never really goes away. So, with only a few weeks away until January. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you name three players that we're going to predict or three players you'd like to predict who you think may move away from their club in January? Uh, What's your thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, I think sort of first of all, and I'll sort of with this first one, I think I'll group them together. I touched on uh, Yukovitz and Che Adams earlier on. Uh, you know, the rate they are scoring for a Birmingham side who, as I said, are overachieving this season, in my opinion, I think either one of them, I think, may move on, you know, to to someone, I'd say higher up in the division of Rose to, you know, look down the table, maybe you know, a Leeds United, for example, or someone who could do with that 
sort of extra firepower up front. Uh, it'd, it'd be sort of one uh, team that springs to mind. But I think, yeah, definitely for, for Birmingham, it's about keeping hold of them too. They are sort of their main source of goals and that's putting it lightly. So I can see them potentially moving on, whether it's one, both or, or you know, uh, I wouldn't want to say, but I think Birmingham definitely will have a fight on their hands in January to to keep hold of them. So I'd group them together, you know, sort of, I was t- sort of weighing it up on on sort of putting my notes together. And I think, you know, it's it's hard to make a case for sort of either of them of which one you'd say would stay. So I'm going to cheat a little and put them two in the sort of my first pick. Mm-hmm. I think secondly, a player that I touched on earlier and he, you know, seems to be sort of grabbing the headlines every week for them at the moment, got an assist again at the weekend, and that would be Bradley Dack at, uh, at Blackburn Rovers. I think, you know, the way he started the season in a team that's come up, as you mentioned, who are doing better than many expected. He's been one of the sort of the midfielders of, of the season so far in the division. And I think certainly top end championship clubs and even, you know, Premier League clubs uh, are definitely be looking at him. So I think Blackburn, if they are to continue on sort of the season that they're having, I think mid-table for them this season would be a fantastic achievement, which is where they are at the moment. You know, they're only five points off the playoffs at the moment. And if they do have aspirations, you know, to climb higher, to really sort of take that playoff push into the new year and, and beyond, I think Bradley Dack for them is going to be absolutely crucial to that. So, Bradley Dak could be the second person that I'd I'd pick. Okay. Going sort of third pick, you know, they were the, the players initially that really stood out for me. And I had to sort of look down the league really to, you know, sort of make a case for, for another player. And the one that I'm gonna go with, it probably won't happen and it may be sort of out of left field, but I think definitely one of the Norwich forwards. I think, you know, we touched on how unlucky he was not to win player of the month. And that'd be Timo Puki, who I've gone with, you know, still, I say relatively young. He's 27, 28 now. So sort of in his prime in terms of a striker, come over and, you know, he's absolutely smashing it for Norwich. Every time, you know, I look at Norwich this season, he seems to be finding the back of the net more often than not. 12 league goals in 19 games is, is absolutely fantastic. And, He's really spearheaded that Norwich promotion push at the moment. I know we touched on Norwich quite a bit on the, the show over the last few weeks, and rightly so, for, for how well they're doing. So I think definitely, you know, lower-end Premier League clubs would be looking mm-hmm. around him who are sort of struggling at the moment to find the back of the net. You know, your likes of, of Fulham, who've not really sort of got on as well as they thought they would have done in the Premier League or, or a Brighton, for example, uh, or maybe a Burnley, uh, sort of to name a couple of clubs, I think it'd be, you know, looking down, especially Burnley, a team, you know, that doesn't have a fantastic budget uh, to get, you know, a 28-year-old striker from the Championship. For, you know, a Burnley would be sort of an ideal fit. Whether that'll happen or not, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's probably me throwing a, a bold one out there, um, sort of as I was struggling to to pick any others that I'd say definite. So yeah, for me, both of the Bristol forwards, Bradley Dak and then Timo Puki, uh, sort of as like a wild card that I'd pick. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm going to follow on from Black Bradley Dak because I've got him on my list as well. And and the only question mark with Dak is whether a team is willing to pay, obviously, around the £20 million mark in January. I think that's the price tag what 
Blackburn have put on him. But yes, there's obviously certainly you know going to be a, a lot of clubs keeping an eye on him and you know hoping to persuade him to to move away from Blackburn for for Blackburn's sake. I hope he doesn't move and you know if. You know, realistically, they, they might get somewhere around the 15, 16 million pound mark. And, you know, maybe someone, you know, last couple of days in the transfer window, as 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 you know, people are willing to pay just that extra bit money. And they usually do pay a bit more over the odds for a player in January, you know, obviously middle of the season. So maybe they will get 20 million. But yeah, he's certainly one that, you know, a lot of clubs are going to be keeping a watchful eye on and certainly be putting bids for in for. So um, I expect him, you know, maybe 50-50 whether he'd move in this window. If not, then it certainly could happen in the summer. Uh, the other one for me, and he's been linked with quite a few clubs as well, um, and it's down the foot of the table, but it's uh, Hull City's Camille Grozicki. Um, obviously, very lively, forward-thinking player. Um, managed to score two goals, two assists this season as well. Um, his contribution, you know, weekly as as He's, he's done fantastically well for Hull. I, I think that he'd be a great player in, you know, any one of the teams above Hull City in in this division. You know, whether that's a top six side or even a, a lower league Premier League team, like you touched upon, James. That's where, like, you, such as your Burnleys, your Huddersfields, your Fulhams, do come calling for these type of players. What can make a difference, and you know, in in the space of a few seconds, make an instant and. And you know, be a game changer and win games. And Grosicki for me is certainly one of those players. And then finally, because it's linked to my club, um, I'm going to mention that you know it wouldn't be surprised if a team takes away one of our bigger players um, in January, whether that's like Forestieri, for example, because obviously we've got we're on the borderline of FFP restrictions. Obviously, we were in an embargo, but we we need to keep recoup some money to keep trading, if you like. But the the name that I'm going to mention, obviously, uh, is Kieran Westwood, because obviously he's not played one single game under Jos Lukai uh, this season. I'm not going to go, obviously, into the underlying issues of, of why not. He's third choice keeper at the minute. But the problem we've got is, is that we're probably not going to get any money for the guy. He's, in my eyes, you know, he's, even though he's not played for a while, he's, in my eyes, he was definitely a top keeper in the championship you know first second or third uh, especially only a year ago and it's like I say it's just a shame we're probably not going to get any money for him and, and Leeds have come calling and the speculation suggests that he may go there and it'd be heartbreaking to lose a player like Westwood who is at one stage obviously a Premier League keeper um, so if we were to get any money for him whether that was even you know half a million or a million pound which it's probably unlikely even, like I say, he'll probably end up with nothing. Uh, but yeah, I can see him certainly uh, moving on with his contract being up in the summer and he obviously wants to play football and at the age he's at, he needs to be playing football as well. He's, he's probably going to have another four or five years left in him and if he stays obviously fit and healthy, which I'm, I'm sure he will. Uh, but that takes us nicely into previews and predictions, James. So... We're going to predict three key fixtures as usual, uh, starting with a three o'clock kickoff on Saturday, which is Blackburn versus Norwich. What's your preview and prediction for this one, mate? I think going into the game, obviously Norwich should be, you know, favourites on a fantastic run at the moment. You know, really sort of keeping pace at the top of the table, and they're proving to be a team that's really hard to beat. You know. 
looking down at, at the recent games, you know, scoring goals. We touched on how they were conceding sort of a few goals here and there, you know, conceded three against Millwall, two against Bolton, two against Bristol. So going forward, you know, they seem to just be outscoring teams at the moment. And I think going into the game against Blackburn, if I was to put a bet on, I think it'll be a high scoring game again. Looking at sort of the way both teams are playing, I think if I was to to go for a team to win the game, I'd say Norwich. I think, you know, we touched on Bradley Dyke quite a bit on the episode today. And if Blackburn are to get anything out of the game, he's going to be absolutely crucial for them. You know, Blackburn in decent form, you know, just outside the playoffs, as we touched on, but 10 draws this season from 22 games. And Mm -hmm. that pack that we touched on earlier, you look down and they're not getting beat too much. Five defeats in 22s is fantastic but it's those draws that are really costing them. So I think it'll be a close game. I don't expect Norwich to walk away with it, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. But I think going forward, they'll just have a bit too much for Blackburn. So I was to sort of go for a score prediction. I'm going to go with 2-1 to Norwich. Okay, I can completely understand why you've said that. I'm not going to go dissimilar, but I think this one's got a draw written all over it. Um, And that's because, obviously, I still know that Norwich can concede a couple of goals um, like they have done in recent fixtures. Blackburn, you touched on it, but they've they've drawn a lot of games. They've drawn six games at home this season, but they still have only lost one game at home this season. So for that reason, I'm going to predict a two-all draw. I think that uh, Blackburn are very, very difficult to beat at home. So yes, I can't look past the score draw in this one. So that's my prediction. Uh, moving on to the next game, one close to our hearts, James. So I will see you there on Saturday for the three o'clock kickoff, but it's Sheffield Wednesday versus Preston. What's your preview and prediction for that one? Yeah. So two theories with this. I think if Luke, I survives till the weekend, I think Preston should just about scrape it, you know, in terms of form at the moment, we're sort of finding our feet again and recapturing that former last season. And obviously, you've been struggling recently. So I think if Lukai stays, I can see Preston, you know, just sneaking it. I don't expect us, as I don't with any game really in this division, to to comfortably win a game. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a close game. You only have to look at the, the game at, at Hillsborough last season where I believe it was 3 or 4-1 uh, to you in the end. Yeah. And, you know, we were in a decent run of form at the time and I think you were sort of a bit hit and miss, but obviously turned it on and I think it was Lucas Yao came off the bench and scored, I think, two in the second half. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a repeat of that. I think if Luke is to stay, I'd go with a 2-1 Preston. If he's to go, you know, over the next day or two and either someone else comes in or a caretaker manager comes in, you always seem to get that bit of a honeymoon period initially. So if someone is to come in or or obviously Lukai goes and someone steps in in the interim, I'd go with a draw for this. Um, I know I've sat on the fence a little there with two predictions, but I think uh, sort of surrounding this game is whether a case of of will you keep your manager till the weekend? Yeah, you're not really sitting on the fence because I can't disagree with you. I believe my prediction is that Lukai will be still in charge. Unfortunately, I'm I'm really ready for him to go. Um, So for that reason, yeah, I I think Preston will win this one as well. I think it'll be 2-1 to Preston. And the reason being, I'll back back it with evidence, is obviously Sheffield Wednesday have conceded more goals than any other club in this division. Um, We've played 22 games, conceded 40. So we're nearly averaging 
two games were conceding per game, which you'll obviously predict. Uh, two goals for Preston there. Uh, at home, I'm always confident that we can score at home. But the other issue we've got is Bannon's obviously suspended. He's serving a two-match ban. Um, this will be his final game that he serves, so he won't be available for the Preston fixture. So, again, for that reason, the, the only two players what are, can cut it for me on the day and, and our match winners is, is Adam Reach. So, if he, you know, springs up or, you know, he's, he's got a spring in his step, let's say, and he's, he can score a worldie from 25, 30 yards, then we've always got a chance. And then the other one who, who bagged a brace, who, you know, given an opportunity, can score goals is Lucas Zhao. So, you know, if, if you can keep them at bay, then, yeah, I don't think we've got a chance of winning. And, and I'm again, like you, James, I'm going to predict a 2-1 uh, a win for Preston. I just hope on the day when I meet up with you and, you know, it's five o'clock that I am proven wrong. But based on how things are, which we've got to do and, and look at, you know, the table form and statistics, I, I can't I can't look past the defeat also. Uh, but then taking us nicely into another big game at the top of the table, uh, which is on Sunday at half past one, uh, Aston Villa versus Leeds. What's your preview and prediction for this one, James? Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb with this one. And, and even though they are top of the table at the moment and Villa are down in eighth, I think Villa will nick this one. You know, looking at Leeds last week uh, and the week before, and Jake touched on it last week, you know, the injury problems that they've had, I think the Bielsa style is somewhat catching up with them, which I know sounds ridiculous to say, considering they've only lost three games all season and, and sit top of the league. But coming into this busy period now is going to be sort of a real test of, you know, his coaching tactics and how he sort of lets the players sort of rest and recover. So, Obviously, you touched on the game they've been on a Sunday, so they've got that extra day. So our Villa from last weekend's games, but I think been at Villa Park. You know, Aston Villa have been in good form recently. You know, Tammy Abraham just can't stop scoring at the moment, and I think if I was to put a bet on, I'd go with an Aston Villa win here. I think it'll be a close game. Obviously, Leeds don't concede too many goals, but. I think Villa's firepower up top will be just too much for them. So if I was to go for a, a score prediction on this, I think Villa will nick it 1-0. OK, um, I think Villa will nick this as well. Uh, but I'm going to go for 3-2, actually. I think that there's going to be plenty of goals in this game. We know Villa are capable of scoring plenty of goals, but I, I think they're also capable of conceding them as well. Um, and even, obviously, when they had Bruce, Villa have still only lost one game at home all season. Um, and I'll just remind you that was against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, for me, the firepower like you touched upon there, this has got, you know, all the capability of being the game of the weekend on paper. You know, Villa at home to Leeds United. Uh, what a fixture ahead of us. But yeah, on the day, I think with the form that Villa are on, obviously under Dean Smith now, the f- I just, yeah, I think Villa are going to do it. So, yeah, my prediction's 3-2 to Aston Villa. Uh, but with unfortunately, with that, we're out of time, James. If you'd like to tell us, uh, our listeners, where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yeah, so as I said at the start of the show, you can find me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Tweet mainly about Preston North End and quite a lot of German football as well. So if you are interested in either of those, definitely give me a follow. Um, you know, looking forward to the game on Saturday and it'll be nice to to finally meet up with you, Louis, after uh, sort of doing these shows sort of together for about two or so years now. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons I predicted a Preston win also is so that if, uh, 
if I am wrong, um, then which I, which I'm hoping to be, then I can always say, fantastic, we've come away with victory. But then if I got my prediction right, then I can just say, obviously, I predicted the right result on the podcast. So uh, either way, I'm, I think I'm on to a winner, to be honest, James. Uh, but I've been your host, Louis Shackshaft. Uh, remember to follow the show at Championship Pod on Twitter, where we post each show. Please subscribe, like and retweet. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.